Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. everyone my name is Joanna and I'm a freelance marketing manager and today I'm going to talk to you about social media and making sure that uh, you're set up for success uh, in choosing your channels um, hope you enjoyed the session and uh, whenever you have questions let me know uh, we'll save up some time at the end um, same for examples that I prepared with TikTok so it's easier on the bandwidth and easier to uh, get through the deck um, a few words about me um, I'm Joanna. I've been working in games for nearly two years now. I made a pivot from corporate marketing where I worked for big clients on the client side for brand. Uh, I used to do things around games during university, running a radio show and doing uh, newspaper articles with uh, video games reviews and film reviews. Um, at a university radio station and I joined um, two companies in video games and these are some of the titles I worked on first as a community and social media specialist then as a marketing manager uh, I've been very lucky to work in both a bigger studio uh, in terms of indie and a smaller one. I worked with 11-bit studios, I helped market uh, the games such as Frostpunk or This War of Mine, and uh, a smaller studio, Clabata, with Orbit Industries, Motion Inc., and Best Month Ever. Um, I believe social media really is a process and uh, it has to be informed first and foremost. You gotta set up goals for yourself and there are various ways to make sure that social media plays out into your overall strategy for marketing. Uh, it can help you with game discovery. It can help you with uh, sales lifecycle. It can build a community around your game, especially before a premiere or during you know, running things uh, and uh, DLCs or uh, the roadmap you have planned. And it enables you direct communication with your members, with your players, that is not possible through other channels for marketing. And I've been very lucky to be part of the social media journey for both of the companies and looking after their titles. Um, in terms of marketing, you know, social media is one of the channels. It's not a cure for all. It's not a thing just for its own. Um, it is part of the customer journey and it's super important, I think, in video games that we do have the privilege of uh, reeling people in because video games are exciting. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of titles to pay attention to. And uh, I believe social media can be found at various stages of the customer journey. It can be 
in between interest and awareness. It can be uh, within search and research that people do because they have a favorite genre, they have a favorite studio, they like the games of, but it can be also at the stage of purchase when people have free cash and you know are wondering what to buy, what premiere they should look out for. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's uh, about advocacy as well. It's about setting people up with high expectations and delivering on the promise, especially in terms of bugs, fixing issues and making a good premiere and good release for people. Uh, at the same time, you know, social media is very exciting because it enables you to set up a brand persona. Uh, personas are a really interesting corporate thing that I think not many people in video games utilize. Um, you can set up a tone for your game or your studio, and you gotta remember that it has its advantages and disadvantages. Personas can be really cool for setting up your plan for a release. Uh, are you daring? Are you one of the you know good guys? Are you actually one of those that look after communities and want them to succeed? Or are you the daring type? Um, all of this informs which channels you will use, how often you will post, what are you going to post about, and which channels will not be a good fit because of the brand purpose and uh, overall strategy you have for your title. Um, it's all down to uh, Carl Jung and his uh, archetypes and archetypes of stories. So you've got outlaws, explorers, heroes, and um, there is no format that fits all. It should be down to our own understanding of what a game and its unique selling points are, what uh, things we believe that the community will find uh, exciting about it and some big brands obviously are good examples of it uh, for example Godiva and the lover archetype uh, hero with Nike just do it um, I think this is a very basic understanding of marketing that can help especially with indies that are very within a very crowded space. There are around, I believe, 1,000 premieres or, or so per week on Steam. Um, a lot of times it's going through and against the noise rather than, you know, believing that the game will sell itself. In terms of uh, life cycles, there are certain stages to profiles as well. There is the announcement when you're announcing your game or your studio, um, your you know, setting up a hype, you're informing people and you're educating them that you're out there, that you're part of the market right now. Now, there's the everyday studio work, that you're already in the market, but people may not remember you, that uh, you've got development going, but the game is not announced or that it's not out yet, and you have to keep on, uh, you know, keep on the remembrance about you going and people paying attention to what you want to talk about. Um, there's the catalog showcase as well about the games that you already have of the market that you want people to pay attention to. Um, and it's um, very much dependable on how big the catalog is, whether you're an indie with just one title, that's your you know, uh, key title. Are you a publisher that's got loads of games already out, but not many people remember about them? Or it's about the release hype when you're just, you know, three or two weeks before the release, you got to pump the numbers, you get the wishes going, you have to showcase the events you're attending, uh, get the press um, interest, get people interested in, uh, get, um, you know, streamers and content creators excited for the game and bring them free publicity uh, due to barter. 
at the same time, um, there are sales as well. Um, and this depends a lot on how courageous you are, really. Um, this is about platforms, uh, which platforms you're, you know, capable of um, addressing is your game. Only on one platform, such as Xbox, is it part of uh, Game Pass? Is it part of PlayStation? Uh, are you everywhere all at once? Or are you able to communicate everything via Steam? Because sometimes um, the dev team is on all platforms and social media is um, an enabler to bring all the community together, uh, get them networking with each other, get them to know each other as well. Uh, Cross-selling is another vital point, I believe, for social media because you connect audiences that otherwise would not interact with one another. It's due to them not liking the same genre, not liking the same heroes, um, not really interacting on their own violation. I via showcases on social media, you're able to give them and this new title, an old title of yours, another life, another you know time before the camera and and flashes. Um, wish lists are huge for indie game developers, and I believe social media is great to bring attention, especially with uh, hashtags, boosting key events. You can do organic traffic, you can do paid traffic, but wish listing is really you know the holy grail of indie devs because that's a metric that can be showcased to publishers it can be showcased among other indie devs and it can be great for partnerships so if you're able to get wishes going uh the momentum builds itself and lastly promotions uh social media is great for bringing additional um you know, stream of revenue in the sense that you connect people from various touch points and you get uh, the game in front of them. It's really about connecting the dots and getting people from, you know, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, not just through Steam or just, um, you know, um, the games corner on uh, Xbox or PlayStation or your newsletter. It's really about connecting all the touch points. So you've got a big spike going uh, for your numbers. And uh, you can do partner promos, which you can showcase on each other's channels. You can link to storefront, see how actionable your copy is and your images are. And it's much easier with social media because you can use UTMs, you can track what's happening and uh, really take care of it uh, this way. Um, there's also community part, which I think most people will really think social media is for, um, but there is so much more else going on, as I've said before. Uh, social media is great for, you know, starting conversations because it introduces people to your title. Uh, you can link to stores, you can showcase how broadly you are talking and taking your game. You can be on Steam and uh, consoles, you can be a mobile title and uh, you enable people to connect the dots and find you on different touch points. Also, it's really important to see that um, you can create fun content um, that uh, enables you to connect people with uh, fun art and fun videos. Um, you can see the fun theories as well and fan fiction and uh, really get the conversation going with people. And um, 
Social media is great for showcasing this sort of thing. You're not able to do it fully on Discord or just uh, one channel or your official channel website. People are able to uh, hop onto a hashtag or hop onto, um, you know, um, fan fiction or fan art um, showcase you do. Uh, competitions are much easier on social media as well, uh, not just your official website. And um, overall, just getting the conversation going, connecting people is easier. Uh, in terms of influencers, it's easier for you to boost their posts, get more people uh, enjoying uh, what they do with your uh, game and the showcase they do. Uh, it's easier for key sendouts as well and getting the audience you know, excited and going. Um, in terms of connections, as I said, you can set up friendships for people on social media. You can showcase your tone of voice and exchange topics and connect them to events and really take care of them being part of your community um, and really just get it going with them. Um, in terms of uh, posts uh, about studios, it's another very good thing about social media, I believe, is that you can humanize yourself. You can showcase who works at the studio, what's the process behind making a game and not just rely on very dry press releases or um, you know interviews um, or anything else you have, you're in full control of what you showcase on social media about yourself and uh, it gets people going I believe it gets people excited that there's a human person behind this, the label that they are able to see their growth as well and the way a studio evolves especially in, in terms of indie um, indie sphere uh, you can showcase the death process behind games obviously as much as uh, NDAs enable that, uh, but you're able to really, you know, be part of it and uh, show people how important um, each member of the team is, how much influence they've had, and um, just get people on the on Facebook or Twitter going as well, and get their questions directly to the team. Have them showcase the answers as well. Uh, in terms of in-person events, uh, social media enable you to connect the online and um, you know the live uh, parts of the events. You're able to, yeah, really you know not just uh, showcase it to people who can meet you live. You can do video blogs. You can do photos. You can uh, play games with your followers via you know a mascot that you bring to events and really make them feel welcome and part of it even though you may not face you may not meet face to face um it's also about partnerships you can uh, interact with other developers especially on twitter especially on tiktok showcase each other's work highlight each other do um make a good atmosphere and really you know make sure that you're showcasing how valuable other people are on social media and how welcoming indie game dev is because at the end of the day we're all in this together and um you can connect players via that it's it's a not zero one game sort of that somebody loses or somebody wins we can all gain together via networking as studios on on social media um one of the channels I really wanted to showcase was actually TikTok. Uh, TikTok has been a game changer for many studios, especially in uh, terms of uh, game discoverability, in terms of getting audiences um, 
excited for games. And according to their own study, actually, uh, you can see as per my slide that uh, around 75% of gamers that are TikTokers at the same time, so they're using TikTok, uh, discovered new gaming content. Um, I've been one of these people, uh, gaming content really took off, I believe, uh, two years ago. Uh, before that, it was rare to see any gaming content on TikTok uh, beside AAA um, streams and uh, fragments about it. Um, nowadays, 70% um, uh, of mobile gamers on TikTok are 70% more likely to talk about games on social media. Um, TikTok makes it very easy to take action in terms of seeing something, and the audience is much more um probable to take action as in uh, actively look for things that interest them actively look for answers and i think that's one of the things that's still not being leveraged enough in the sense that we could get them you know be excited or be um inquisitive about games and um, one of the things I did uh, myself uh, with TikTok for one of the companies was to get people wishlisting a game. And I believe it worked really well in the sense that uh, you, you could see how much interest TikTok um, garnered for the game. Um, I have some best practices for TikTok. I've been following TikTok for a long time. I've been trying my own hand at it and want to include it in uh, future marketing plans much more. Um, in terms of organic options, um, you have to showcase the process in the sense that TikTok is very much about authenticity, about showcasing steps you take. It's not about the ready-made uh, beautiful image that you do. It's much more about showing the steps for people and getting them to understand where you're going from. Um, choosing one spoke person is super important because the algorithm really makes it a premium for one face to be you know, there. People also uh, tend to associate one person with a channel. So if they see your video among uh, the For You page, it'll be much easier for them to connect the dots and see, oh, it's about my game because I see the spokesperson talking or the community manager. Uh, I think one of the best examples for that is definitely Victoria Tran for Among Us and Inneslov. Uh, she made it her statement, sort of, you know, that she's the spokesperson and anytime you saw a video with her you could know for sure that uh, it's going to be about uh, among us um in terms uh also uh for paid options you see that some uh non-endemic brands um are very active on uh, on this on the TikTok and it's super interesting to see how to compete with them because of the budgets because of uh, other things going on currently um, you can get pretty lucky being able to place a paid uh, ad, but at the same time you compete with FMCG, so fast mover consumer goods companies, uh, TV personalities and other uh, very, very uh, wealthy budget-wise marketing teams. Um, I, I can also see questions finally, so I'm gonna address some of them. Thank you, thank you for them. Um, in terms of Discord, yeah, organic growth can be incredibly slow. Any suggestions on how to remain optimistic during the process? Um, yeah, uh, 
I think it's very important to keep going, especially on TikTok. TikTok, I think, is the most frustrating channel because you may not see uh, immediate response. And TikTok makes it so that you can go viral overnight, not really understanding what you did, uh, because the algorithm is all about bubbles of information. So you may be super popular within your bubble, not outside of it. And the success rate is super hard to replicate. So you may have one viral um golden shot so to say to fame uh never be able to replicate it again uh but it's about making content that's useful to people so they can find um i, I always believe that you know content should either be entertaining educating or the last one i think useful was the was the quite was the characteristic for it so whenever you make content like that it's better to keep going so that you have content for other channels. You can reuse content from TikTok quite easily. It's very hard to do it uh, the other way around. Um, and social media is really much about being authentic. So if you think that your content is useful to people, you will get better views. You will get your users. You will get your followers. It may take longer than for fads and any trends. And uh, I always believe that quality content will prove itself over time. Uh, so connecting with other small indie devs, connecting with small channels, boosting each other, especially on um, Trailer Tuesdays and uh, Screenshot Saturdays, I think that helps to keep going and keep, uh, keep on the grind. Um, Paid, uh, paid traffic is always a part of social media. So whenever you see big numbers, it may actually not be due to great content, but to do due to great budgets. So I always, I always like to see and tell people that uh, some metrics are just uh, for the show, especially to publishers and especially to gamers. They may not be healthy. So I think it's good to keep that in mind. Um, okay, another question. In a crowded social media landscape, how can you identify the most effective hashtags to send out? Um, I think that's a really good question in the sense that it's good to see how popular they get. It's good to see how many you know content uh, there already is, especially on Twitter. Um, you can monitor web with a few tools, for example, Brand24. It's a Polish tool, actually. It's very useful. So Trender is another one I know. Um, you monitor how popular the hashtags are. And um, some of them are very... You know, I, I'd say very straightforward indie games, game dev, um, screenshot Saturdays always work, especially if you use it properly on Saturdays, uh, trailer Tuesdays, um, making sure that you correctly label the content you want people to see and not really get lost in making and, and you know racking up uh, hashtags i believe that on twitter it was um, my experience so far that up to five uh, hashtags work the best more it's just uh, it doesn't work um especially with the way that the word count was implemented um on TikTok would say the same. They made it possible to make very long um, copy and very long descriptions. But I think up to five, it's it's enough. And you want people to be able to see your content on TikTok. It, it, it's, nowadays, it's a wall of text if you make very long copy. Um, so yeah, see how many, how, how many content pieces already are under hashtag. And um, make sure that you label it correctly like don't label you know an announcement um 
a teaser, for example, if there's no teasing going on, don't label, you know, a very dry fact, uh, a release date hashtag. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do is really take people people's attention for granted. Um, and I think that that's the worst thing you can do in social media, really. From Discord, what is a tactful way to encourage gamers to add your game to the wish list? Uh, be, I think be authentic, really. Uh, I think ask for their support. I think most of the time, especially in indie space, people are super comfortable supporting devs and they are super comfortable showcasing their love for a franchise or a game. And I've seen some comments about Children of Mortar, which was one of the titles I worked on, and I really enjoyed it. And the, the game had the unfortunate um, timing of release because it released uh, beside Hades, and we know how uh, full of awards uh, Hades lifetime has been so far, and especially now with a sequel announced and keeping fingers crossed for it to go as amazing as it went. Um, you're going to be honest, I believe. You're going to make sure that people understand how useful wish lists are, but at the same time, don't beg for them. In the sense, in social media, I believe you have to offer people meaty content, for example, a trailer, screenshots, behind the scenes, not reuse the content that people have seen uh, three or four years ago when the game was announced and you still don't have anything going for it. Um, I believe when people see that things are going well, um, they keep fingers crossed for the dev and they want to show the support and wish lists are the most useful thing, especially if uh, the dev team is looking for a publisher. I think being honest how important wish lists are is the best way to go forward. It's 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 not good to be you know shy and bashful about it, I think. Um, sometimes you got to educate your audience that that's the metric that will make sure that the game gets published and there's no going round about it. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, are using social media posts in the form informational style ads to promote your game with satire more useful than paying for ads in social media? Draw more traffic without platform paid ads. Uh, it depends what type of game you have, I believe. For mobile, I can see it working. Uh, like information in the sense that explaining what your game is about. Um, but it's very TikTok style, I'd say. Uh, I think if you're able to produce something like that in-house instead of spending it on ads, you'll have content for other platforms, not just TikTok, but uh, other things. But ads are super important on Facebook and Instagram. There's no going around it, I believe. Uh, the algorithm does promote page traffic. And uh, I started a few Facebook pages myself recently from scratch. It was impossible to get anyone looking at them. Uh, I actually have Facebook. Uh, yeah. Facebook here uh, that now that we you know came to this uh, with some best practices that I think are very useful. Uh, Facebook is super built around paid and getting your ads out there and organic posts, I believe are not able to compete against it, especially if you're a new page or a new a new user of the of the website uh, of the social media platform. Uh, and the same as about Instagram, it's the whole, the same ecosystem. Um, I think groups are worthwhile. Groups are really nice in the sense that they allow you to build traffic organically and really get into your audience and um, get to connect with them directly. Uh, but I would separate like information style, uh, organic content is a thing and ads are another thing. And ads are still 
really useful to have in your repertoire, especially if uh, you need action quickly. Paid traffic will always and will always need uh, budgets to to boost them. Uh, I think it's very seldom that a really good organic post makes it. Uh, without paid uh, boosting so that it's important to keep that in mind especially for youtube and facebook whenever you see videos with huge huge numbers of views it's probably an ad creative <laughs> and uh, it's probably part of an ad campaign it's not it's not organic um okay uh, let me get back to some of the slides so that i can share some additional things and we'll come back to the questions because i see humanizing yeah um okay and cancer culture yeah good questions okay um yeah for for tiktok i think the biggest i think difference between tiktok and other platforms is that at the end of the day it's a platform that you can do content first for and then reuse it on other platforms than the other way around uh i've been in studios and uh Oh, yes. Okay. There was a question about it also. Okay. Um, it's super hard to get TikTok liking things from Facebook or Instagram or YouTube because the format is so different and the attention span is so different. I believe it's much easier to do to make a nice TikTok and showcase it to people than force them to enjoy a trailer that's made into vertical from horizontal or a very official ad usually the rhythm is just get what gets wonky on uh, on TikTok, and you're not able to get the same message across um and also accessibility is a really good thing about TikTok, i believe uh it's super common for people to do uh text speech text to speech and uh, video and graphic all at the same time in the sense you follow the text and the sound at the same time so it's easier for people hard of hearing or um you know those with low attention spans to follow a very short video and it's a practice that i think should be implemented especially on youtube that more trailers should have uh, undertitles and subtitles uh especially on big events i believe i, I watch everything in subtitles so that's a, a big uh, pet peeve of mine um but it's also you know tiktok is about experimenting for example photo carousels are a big thing recently uh they implemented it quite i think three or four months ago and it's a very instagram and facebook thing but it is part of tiktok nowadays that you can do tiktoks with just images you don't need a video actually um and answering with videos is a big part about tiktok you make it more interactive you don't rely on just um you know making snappy comebacks which is a part of twitter uh but you can actually give more content in response and actually showcase and get people into dialogue with you um and there are some examples i want to showcase and let's see if it's gonna work well are you looking for a publisher for your game well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out.
let me or let me say it this way you're going to have the presentation probably at the end of it and i've uh, assembled some uh, examples and i'm going to showcase them at the end i think of the presentation to make it um easier on me not switching between tabs um so these are some of the game TikToks I think are really good in terms of what to do best practices wise and um, more traditional ones that are using, for example, a trailer, are using assets that are already in the, you know, in the studio. It's not making TikToks from scratch. It's more about reusing stuff that you already have going on. Um, the viral meme TikToks are a bit more on the creative side in the sense that you make things from scratch you experiment you go for sounds on tiktok you don't rely on what you know from other platforms but adapt to what uh, tiktok itself is about and these are some of the accounts i would recommend following especially for wholesome games and uh, unpacking unpacking is a great example of using tiktok to your advantage and growing your community around it uh as well as uh, a solo dev uh, i believe his game is called symphony uh he's been very very big on tiktok he's been a solo dev for i think two or three years and his game has been showcased on uh, game industry and it's a great example of what to do in terms of what you think TikTok may be about. It's about behind the scenes, authenticity, sharing with the audience candidly what you're doing. Um, yeah, how much time we've got left? Okay, I've got 15 minutes more uh, to get through the presentation and then 10 minutes for Q&A. Um, so in terms of uh, Twitter, for example, I think Twitter will not um, stop being super important. Um, there's still a uh, a lot going on obviously with the takeover from elon musk but still it's the it's the place that you want to showcase your game uh, apart from tiktok i think tiktok and twitter are the two recommendations i would have for channel especially if you're a studio just starting out with a game uh, these are the channels that will bring the most back to you i'd say and uh, are well worth investing um time into because there's already a huge community around games on it you've got saturday uh, screen uh, screenshot saturday trailer tuesday indie uh game dev uh, game dev as you know a hashtag going on um it's much easier to get people expecting games on there as well it's easier to showcase screenshots and videos and embed them and you can do paid um traffic very easily on twitter you can boost your posts so you have it on the timeline you can do dark posts so they are not visible in your timeline and you can go crazy on like how how big or small you want to go with the budget and experiment with what would be useful for the audience um and uh, some of the best practices i think is about making cta so call to action really easy to recognize and understandable uh make a link that's just one link uh make up to five hashtags or three hashtags in total and make it so that it's really easy for people to understand what you want them to do, especially if, if it's wishlisting the game, watching a trailer, sharing love, uh, getting, you know, taking part in a competition. Do not over clutter it. And I actually have some examples of my own work uh, that I did uh, when I was at 11 bit. So the first one, it's about the trailer. 
um, it's about, you know, I, I was uh, part of the team when Frostpunk 2 was announced. So it was very much about, you know, making the wording correct, that it's still the same time period or as, as much as I can say about it, because <laughs> NDA stuff. Um, but I had lots of fun, you know, thinking of the copy, making very um hashtag copy i did a hashtag like snowblood oil so people would know um all things concerning the announcement in one place uh, frostpunk too so that it would be you you know immediately you would immediately know what it's about um changed you know did a takeover on social so changed the header changed the profile picture updated the description as well and make it very snappy and it was easy for people to pick up and really show the love to us so it was really really nice uh, another example i have is a community competition we did with uh, gog.com so twitter i think is still very visual you want to have a um, art piece that's you know got a uh, call to action on its own. It's very visible with dates with what you want the community to do. Uh, do not over clutter it. If it's, for example, regs, do a thread on Twitter and just um, connect um, the dots for people so they don't have to go looking on other websites. Um, and the third one is actually a really cool thing we did uh, because of uh, wanting to promote the game, but uh, you know, having the secrecy and not sharing too much at the same time, we did newspapers and uh, covers of magazines uh, within the world of Frostpunk. And I wrote short stories that were available on Steam to read on the Steam community pages. And uh, it was really nice to connect all the social media channels with that. So we had um, a very small excerpt from it. And uh, hashtags, as I said, so Frostpunk 2 uh, and Frostpunk 2 newspaper and a cover. So people would know what it's about. They knew what to follow and to make it snappy and readable as well. Like that's, I think, one of my pet peeves as well on Twitter, uh, make the tweets readable, like um, make the F um, shape of, you know, uh, people reading stuff because that's the way people skim text. It's much easier to skim text really quickly instead of doing like a big chunk, a big block. Um, it's also the work I did in 2021, so I learned a few things along the way. Uh, nowadays, I would use more hashtags inside the text as well, so you don't have a very long um, tweet overall, but you've got all the important pieces in there. Um, yeah, in terms of Facebook, I think I talked about most of the things. Paid is the paid traffic is the guard on Facebook, unfortunately. It's groups are the only thing I would recommend looking into, to be honest, especially if you can take over ones that are made by your fans already. In terms of indies, probably you're going to start one or you're going to you know, connect with people on indie game dev groups and showcase your game, which is good. You can connect with both players and dev themselves and um, really you know, harness the power that groups have because you interact directly with people. It's not a brand shouting at people from a fan page it's you connecting with other users and you have to be aware of that drawbacks behind it because you're going to have to use your account or a community manager we're going to have to use their account and be associated with the game um it's nice on one hand obviously the same way on twitter but on the other hand if for example your team rotates a lot it can be quite challenging to set a tone of voice and you know make people sure that you're there for them um yeah face um in terms of youtube um the thing i want to underline is that um 
Paid traffic is awesome on YouTube. It's really easy to set up ads. You can use your trailers, you can boost them. Um, there's also an organic community uh, page that there is on YouTube these days. And it's easier for you to connect with people there. It's quite easy to get likes on there um, because not many game studios use it. Um, and still, it's very much the same as with Twitter and uh, Facebook. You can just copy paste your post, do uh, a nice hashtag, do a nice visual and connect them to a Steam page or any other place you want them to go. Um, it's also, I think, still the main source of trailer information for many people. Uh, it's easier to have YouTube than not have it because uh, as a PC developer, you'll have to have a YouTube account to get your trailer in front of people on Steam pages, on Steam community. You're not able to do it otherwise um, because you're not able to upload a video directly to Steam. And uh, it's good to be aware of that. And um, yeah, boosting your creatives there is uh, a good alternative to having a Facebook presence, I believe, because your trailer numbers it like they increase interest around creators i believe if creators see that your trailer is popular it's more probable they want to pick up the game especially for barter and uh, especially for you know making something uh without big budgets and without booking them full time uh, two other things I wanted to mention, and actually Discord, you know, it, it makes a, a nice circle of life, to be honest. Uh, Discord and Reddit are great channels, in my opinion. Um, but if you've got a community manager already on board, or you're able to devote a lot of time to it, um, in terms of, uh, for example, my work at 11-bit, uh, we've been fortunate to have, you know, to take over uh, at, uh, Discord, which was already set up by people liking the games. Um, and another company I worked at, uh, Clabata, they had uh, a custom Discord they put up themselves. Uh, it's You've got different battles in these two situations and, uh, you know, setting up your own Discord, you got to... You gotta be the voice behind it. You gotta get people going. You gotta promote it on your own and find ways for people to be interactive with it. Um, if you're taking over existing community, you gotta understand whether that's a community you wanna take over, especially in tone of voice, uh, the humor they have on the server. Uh, sometimes it's easier to sell something from scratch, especially if you've got mature games or games that you'd have to take caution with, especially political themes or you know sexual themes, etc. Because it may be super hard for a brand to you know give it a voice to people and have it heard uh because you're stepping into your own their, their territory not your own um same with reddit really reddit is super nice if you've got the time for it you've got to set up your own presence on it um and uh if people notice that you're a brand you're gonna get booted out <laughs> like unfortunately it's a safe space for all people who don't like social media they don't like being on them so if you're very persistent and you you know try to make discord another social media and just copy and paste stuff be very brandy in your tone of voice and not you know one of the redditors um you're not going to be welcome at all it's also a lot of hard work in setting up your own, um, you know, thread and your own page or joining, you know, an, an established community already. Uh, I think 
the most consuming part is you know reacting being known in the community uh acquiring karma as well and um yeah being part of it uh 11 bit i was fortunate enough you know there was a reddit already there i uh, had a lot of uh community in there so I uh, picked up pieces from uh, Reddit. I showcased it on social media. It was the channel that I felt most connected to in terms of community because I was able to get together with them and interact one-on-one -on -one with them. And uh, yeah, have them look forward to the dev team being there. Uh, MEA, so Ask Me Anything, is always a fun thing to do on Reddit and Discord, especially if we've got the audience for it. Uh, usually people want to be part of it, and uh, it's very seldom that you've got Redditors or Discord members who are on the server, but they don't want to engage with you, which is a drawback of Facebook or Instagram. A lot of people on these websites or these social media platforms they're not very engaged. They don't want to be engaged. They, they forgot long ago that they like your page, etc. But people on Reddit and Discord, like if they are there, they're there for a reason. And it's easier to, to, to sway them. It's also very mamey and, uh, you know, a joke uh, infused place. So you're going to be ready for that, especially if you're very, you know, secluded about your view of the game or the one way you view a game. Um, I think you got to make sure that you're ready for 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 the way that uh, this course is going on Reddit and, and Discord. Uh, LinkedIn is one last thing I wanted to showcase really because it's a channel for bigger studios. It's channels when you're it's a channel where you're looking for employer employees uh, or want to showcase yourself. Uh, it's a good channel, not not uh, very much used by studios. Um, but, but it's very much about employer branding and showcasing yourself to potential employees um, or other studios. It's not very much about interacting with players uh, unless you count, uh, you know, business people who are on LinkedIn as gamers and there are more and more of them. LinkedIn also is going much more mamey uh, in the sense of sharing memes, reacting to funny stuff, doing funny anecdotes. Uh, but it is an official channel at the end of the day. So the type of town and cheek content you can have on there would be much more Facebooky than Reddit wise. Uh, but it's still nice to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I think maybe I'll look at the other questions that were there. Um, okay. While humanizing, okay, from Discord, while humanizing can be beneficial, may also lead to toxic interactions for people on social media. Do you have any advice on how to navigate negative interactions? Um, first and foremost, I think it's very crucial to know that we are all human and you've got a human on the other side of the screen. So the toxicity you get online is amplified compared to what you go, would get in real life because people don't have a face. They usually have fake profiles as well. Um, Social media managers gotta have thick skin and community managers all the more. And I think, I believe in killing them with kindness, to be honest. It's it's uh, a lot of times counterintuitive because you wanna, you know, show that you're right, that that's not a way to speak to you. That's, you know, that's, um, you know, you wanna teach them, teach these people, people a lesson. But I like to keep in mind that, you know, a lot of times people who are very vocal on the Internet may not have any other outlet. So the best thing to do is really 
pick your battles, I'd say. Uh, have, for example, an FAQ file that you can send uh, very vocal people uh, to, especially in terms of bugs, especially of in terms of um, reporting, uh, support messages, of uh, taking care of things that may happen from time to time, and uh, just natural to game dev. So yeah, build breaks, yeah, there are bugs, yes. Um, a demo crashes, okay. Um, have ready-made answers that you can just copy and paste, uh, especially before I release, I would say, because that's the way, that that's the date that uh, it accumulates most of the time. Um, and also teach your members that it's, it's not their fault if people are very nasty to them. Uh, a lot of times there's nothing you could do to kind of um, avoid uh a lot of toxicity it's inherent in the way the internet works it's just very important to make younger members or more junior members aware of it that yeah it's gonna be there uh, it's not the personal fault they should not take it personally it's not something they could prevent unless they started something because sometimes i notice that like community managers sometimes like to you know be very pushy with communities and it's uh, it goes the other way around and uh, it should not be like that I think kill them with kindness and um, knowing your worth as well and that we are working together in a studio or as game developers to make games for players without us there would be no games so yeah if they're nasty to us maybe they will not will no longer be games and i think people on twitter especially are very vocal on it and it's uh, it's good to share stories as well especially as community managers and think of um outlets for it uh, playing cozy games together listening to music together and you know giving grace to community members and um community management uh, teams especially from upper management and other members of the team that usually there are the front runners for the company and they they uh, may hear a lot of really nasty things and if they're hasty in reacting we should trust them um i think i think that's that's my advice really yeah um <laughs> Okay, this year has been multiple, has seen multiple points of boycott and cancel culture, but actually making certain themes in games, regardless of genre or time period, become higher risk. How do you combat this and handle when cancel culture does come after your game and you're in the studio? Considering how indie might not be able to do as well as the AAA controversy games have boycotted. Uh, yeah, I think my, um, if you're referring to Hogwarts Legacy, that that's been one of the uh, you know uh, big big names recently. Um, I think there was one case as well for indie dev um i think five nights at freddy's that the the um, creator got booted of the company uh after his uh views quite extreme ones were uh you know showcased um i think you know um combating cancel culture um cancel culture i think is a very interesting period i think nowadays and in, in popular culture because uh, people as consumers have a lot more sway in uh, in the political viewing of things, of uh, voting with the dollars, I would say. In terms of Hogwarts Legacy, um, the boycott went sideways. As far as I know, the, the game sold really well, despite all the efforts from activists. Um, I think as a studio... Um, you got to know what you do the game for, to be honest. Is it 
uh, is it to fulfill some sort of political agenda? Is it to give people an outlet for things? Is it, you know, trespassing on someone else's boundaries that you do it um, knowingly or unknowingly? Uh, I think these two situations are quite different if you do it knowingly and unknowingly. Um, it's tough because uh, a lot of times I think the cancellation can be avoided if people know what they are signing up for in the sense that um, gaming is super welcoming so you have to be aware that people have very different identities they have very broad spectrum of experiences uh, triple A's are very much unified in what they showcase uh, some may call it political correctness some may not but indies can experiment and usually you will not get a publisher basically if you if, if the publisher thinks your game is too controversial you'll be you know sieved through at quite an early stage um without financing you're not able to produce a game i uh, i i would wonder you know how you know games in my view are very much about the same as films and books do you want to be edgy for the sake of being edgy or is it for example a statement you want to make some people will understand, will understand the statement. Some of them will not agree with it. And uh, yeah, if it's about making a statement, you're gonna be sure that you've got. You will have supporters, but you will have haters at the same time. And uh, yeah, I don't think you can really plan for things going sideways if you're point is to make a point sort of it they will go sideways there will always be somebody against uh, a way of thinking you have especially if it um, persecutes another group uh, I think at, this, at the end of the day gaming allows us to be ourselves and uh, it should connect us much more than divide us and if the first thing you're thinking about making a game is uh, not getting cancelled I think I think the GDD should be fought over, the game loop should be fought over, the premise of a game should be fought over. Um, yeah, I think I think I think that I think that's my advice really. If you already know you're gonna have a, uh, a lot of opposition, I would come back to the drawing board and think, is it worth it? Because yeah, like it is a, a an identity thing for many people, the same with politics, and I think games allow us to be better and connect over things that we would otherwise not be able to connect and community is mostly for that as well um yeah i think i think that's my advice yep uh okay game bugs happen how can we effectively mitigate the potential damage caused by negative social media posts and address any concerns you got to be honest. <laughs> I think that's the best advice I can give. You got to be honest where you are with a build, how bad the build is, how damaged it is, how are you approaching it? You will get a lot of hate for being untrustworthy, and I don't think it's worth it uh, long term. You have to be aware that people We'll remember what you're saying. We'll remember your posts. We'll, you know, screenshot them and 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 stuck it and stick it before your you know face. Uh, I think honesty and being authentic helps the most. Uh, yeah, bugs happen. Uh, builds crashing whole 
platform happen, uh, save uh, games get wiped off, uh, and uh, yeah, you gotta inform people. And uh, I think the more honest you are, the better the payoff is because people love an underdog. They do love seeing how truthful you are with them. Um, yeah, addressing concerns. Yeah, I think it's about being honest with people, answering them honestly on Twitter and not deleting comments ever. I think deleting comments and uh, canceling conversations is the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, in the meantime, yeah, by the way, uh, I've got a website that you can uh, vote with your questions as well, just so that if you want to uh, keep the conversation going and you want to connect with me, um, there are the QR codes for my platforms and um, a sort of, you know, quick question, what's, uh, what other questions you would have apart from the ones live. But I lo I'm loving them. I'm loving them. Okay. Okay. I'm converted a negative person on FB group by seeing what games they like and comparing my game to those. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one way to do it, really. Um, I think... A lot of times we forget that we are just people on both sides of the screen, yeah. And we should be, you know, glad to to connect uh, via games with them. Hi, Jay. Hey, Joanna. Thank you for doing this. This has been awesome. I can't hear you. Sorry. Um, well, I have no idea. Can't hear you still. No clue. All right. Oh, anyway. Thank you much. We're going to roll okay. to the next Thank one. Thank you so much, everyone. It was super, super nice. And uh, whenever you want to ask anything else, you can connect with me and uh, I'd be happy to keep the conversation going. Hope some of the insights have been good and uh, answered some of your questions as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.